Well, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And we're going to go over this enough that you'll get it. You'll get it. And, and now, here's the key. I got it. I don't always obey it. I don't always, I don't always uh, follow it. I don't do what the Bible says. So it'd be great if I could do what the Bible says. I'd probably be in really good shape. And I think probably all of us would. But I want you to be able to grasp this. So turn in your Bibles to Romans 6. We're seeing great truths. Our goal as we look at this study is just to understand how to walk worthy of our Christian life. We divided the study into two big groups. The first five lessons were called the foundations, and we talked about all kind of things like change and growth and walk and power and that. Then the second section, we're calling the details, and we're dealing with Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. We're talking about sin and failure, talking about confession. We're talking about being fruitful. We're going to be talking about gaining rewards. So there's a really lot to go the rest of the lesson. So I think, I think you'll find it's a lot of fun things to look at. Last time we started looking at Romans chapter 6. And I'm just going to tell you, I think Romans 6 is the key. It's the key for victory in the Christian life. And I guarantee you that I wouldn't sin near as much if I went back and remembered Romans 6 and know, considered, and presented. I mean, that's, that's how we gain the victory. And so we're going to be looking at this. And as I said, if we could make application, I think there would be great victory for all of us. And tonight we're going to go back. We'll have a quick brief review, we'll talk about knowing again, and then we'll get in, uh, considering presenting. So let's think about this. When we think about God, I mean, He's amazing, right? I mean, when He's far beyond anything we could think about. In fact, if you got it on here, God is, on your slide. God is infinite. He's infinite. He's beyond comprehension, in fact. And He, we are what? Man is what? Finite. We are. We're finite. We're limited. There's no limits with God. We're limited. And the truth is, we can never really completely understand him. Think about this. We Do you believe there's one God in three persons? Yes. Yeah, but can you comprehend that? I mean, you can't. You go, it doesn't make sense because you, if you said there's one God in three persons, that would seem like they're saying three gods. But we know there's not three gods. There's only one God. But the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are all three different, but one God. I, I can't grasp that. And we, do we believe that Jesus is both 100% God and 100% man? Yes. We say that's true, but that doesn't even add up. And we say, well, how is that possible? I I don't know. And then do we understand that God is sovereign and he works all things according to the counsel of his will. And at the same time, you have free will and choices that you can make, right? And that you can make any choice you want to make, can't you? And yet it fits in his what? Sovereign plan. How does it work? I don't know. It's, it's beyond everything. So another thing to hard to grasp is this union thing, this identification with Jesus Christ. When we trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, we're placed in union with Him. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says, and I've got that one, just, I, I just have it there, by, by one spirit we were all baptized, placed in union with Jesus Christ. So that's, that's a thought, and, and it's just something for us to think about. And, and, and not only... Listen, not only are we in Christ, listen to this. Colossians one twenty seven. God will to make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Are you in Christ? Yes. Is Christ in you? Yes. Do you grasp that? I can't grasp it. I mean, I believe it. I just, how, do, how am I in Christ and he's in me and how does all this work? And, and so we, this union with Christ is amazing. And so we already know that in Adam all what? And in Christ all are what? Made alive. And, and the idea of being in Christ, 55 times Paul uses in Christ. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He uses it 55 times. So if think about this. In our union, you've got just to fill out, Jesus died, we what? 
we died. So Jesus died, we died. Jesus was buried, we were, and you could put we were, I, I don't know why it's got we are, it's supposed to be we were. We were what? Buried. Jesus rose, we what? We rose. See, to a new life. And so it's just amazing, amazing truth. I want you to do this. I, I told you to turn to Romans 6, but do me a favor. Just turn to uh, Colossians 2 for one second. Turn over there. I want you to see that this principle of, the de- of, of this death and resurrection with Jesus Christ, how he died, we died, he was buried, we were buried, he rose, he arose, uh, we arose, uh, that's, that's not just in one place. I want you to look at Colossians just for a second. Um, Colossians chapter 2. Look at verse 12. Look what it says. Having been, talking about us, having been buried with him in baptism. What does that mean? We've been buried with Christ in his what? In his union, right? Did, were you buried with Christ? Right? In which you were also what? What does it say? Raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your transgressions, uncircumcised flesh, he made you alive together with him. Think about that. So even Colossians says that we died and rose again with Christ, that we've been raised up to a new life. So if you want to flip back to Romans chapter 6, and, and this is where we're going to actually start looking again at the little passage. But just, just think about this. When you trusted Christ, you're placed where? In union with Christ. And technically speaking, when Jesus died, you what? You died. When he was buried, you were buried. When he rose to a new life, so to speak, you rose to a new life. That's why we're new people. That's why we're not the same as we used to be. It, we, it seems so weird to say this, but the moment you trusted in Christ, you died, were buried, and rose again. That's when we do baptism. We always make, you know, have the thing out there. We put people in it. We, we say, I baptize you, and we put them down in the water and bring them back up. That's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. It's a, it's a testimony of showing that. So as we look tonight, we, we did, uh, last time we did two really big aspects. First of all, an uh, overview of Romans chapter 6. That's what we did, Romans chapter 6. That was a big overview is what we looked at. And then we looked at three key words. What are the three key words? No consider, present. you got to put those in your mind. And so what we did last time is we got big overview, and then we talked about no, consider, present, and then we really went into the details on looking at the idea of no. So if you could go to the top of the next page if you want to. And, and we know that we died and rose again. Remember, oh, let's do this. What do we know? We know we what? Died and rose again with what? With Christ. We are to consider what? That we were dead to what? To sin and... Okay, remember this. Dead to sin, alive, what? In Christ. And then present, present not to what? Present not to flesh. Present to who? To, to God. To God or the Holy Spirit. That's it. Know that you died and rose of Christ to a new life. Know that we, and we consider, since we know this is true, now count on this, that we're dead to sin and alive in Christ, and so don't present yourself to the flesh, sin, present yourself to God. That's it. That's what it boils down to. And we're going to see more of it, but that's what it says over and over and over and over again. And so we want to see this. So let's think about what we know, okay? Remember the three key words, what? 
No, consider present. Number one, what do we know? We know that we died and rose again with Christ. That's the number one. We died and rose again with Christ. And number two, which is the little one under there, that the power of sin is broken. This is where we are right here. Yeah, but you've already got it. That's okay. The power of sin is broken. So let's look at the details. Number one, we did what? We blank and blank what? What do you have? We died and rose again with Christ. Let's look as you write that down. This is what we know and this is the review from last time. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized, what does it mean? What does baptized mean? The in, in union. Uh, do you not know that all of us who have been in union into Christ have been unioned into his what? Death. Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism in union into his death. So we buried with him in baptism to death. And as Christ was raised from the dead, the glory of the Father, we too. So what do we learn in 6, 6, 3 and 4? We died and rose again with Christ. That's, That's it. Okay? And that's new life. There's a second aspect that we said no because the word no is actually used three times. But we want to look at the second one. It's found in verse 6. And that is knowing this... That our old self was what? Crucified with him, the body of sin might be done away with. So the number two is the flesh is put to death. The flesh is put to death. Now, does that mean the flesh is gone? What does it mean? It means that the flesh no longer has control over you. It doesn't have to tell you what to do. So what do we know? I'm just going to do it this way. We know we died and rose again with Christ, and we know the flesh is stopped. Let's just put it that way. Stopped. That's what we know. Now, what that means is this. You're a new person. You died with Christ and rose with Christ to a new life. And this flesh part of us, let's draw it up. There we are. Body. What's in here? Body. Soul. Conscience. Flesh. Spirit. And Holy Spirit, this part of us, the sin within us, the bent to sin, is stopped. No longer do we have to obey. We know this. This is what we know. Every one of us in this room know this. Paul says, don't you know? He says, don't you know that all of us who have been connected in the union of Jesus' death, we've been buried with him so that as he was raised from the dead, we were raised from dead. So we know This is true, and we know that the old man was dead, was crucified with him, and we're no longer slaves to sin, for the one who has died, that's us, is freed from sin. So this is what we know. If we just know this, think about it. Every day you wake up, and what can you say? I'm a new person in Christ. I died and rose again with Christ to a new life, and this part that says sin, please sin, you can say, I don't have to what? I don't have to listen. I don't have to listen anymore. I don't have to listen. I'm freed. In fact, freed from what? From sin. That's exactly right. So the first aspect of this is, now, this is what we went over the details last week. This is it. Now, if you, if you, if you, you're going to go a little further, we're going to go all the way down to verse 11, because the next key word is what? Consider. So let's put consider right here. Now, if I say consider, you go, hmm, okay, I'll consider this. That's not what this word really means, okay? Notice how he starts off in verse 11. Even so, 
And he's just talked about dying and rose again with Christ into a new life and dead, sin is dead to us in that sense. He says, even so, consider yourselves what? Dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. So this is the consider now. It starts, I want you to see it on the little handout I have for you. It says, keep on considering. The way it's written in the Greek, it's not you consider it one time, is you keep on considering. And the word consider, this word means to calculate or to count. It's a banking term. So it means to count something, count something is true, or to calculate something is true. He's saying, you look at this thing, now you know this is right, so from now on start saying, this is, I'm going to consider this as correct. Because see, we can know certain things, but that doesn't mean we think about them. He's saying, I want you to think about this. I want you to consider the fact that you've what? What does he say? What does he say? Dead to sin. How can you be dead to sin? How can you be dead to sin? Because the flesh has already been stopped. Dead to sin and what? Alive in Christ. How are you alive in Christ? Because you died and rose again with Him. Okay? You see, He's making us think and He's saying, Did you die and rise again with Christ? Yes. Are you, is, is basically sin, fle- flesh stopped? Yes. So then consider yourself the fact that you're dead to sin because it stopped and the fact that you're alive in Christ because you died and rose again with Him. He's just going back and saying, Now, this is what you know, so this is what you've got to start thinking. This is how you think through life. Consider yourself to be dead to sin and alive in Christ. And at the top of the next page it says, We consider that we died and rose again with Christ, and the power of sin is broken. That's what you've got to think back. You've got to go back over here and say, I'm considering this as true. He puts it this way, dead to sin, alive in Christ. Man. So that's who we are so far. And we go, well, I mean, that's true. And you have to change your thinking. Listen, how many, t- question, comment, did somebody say something? What about this word me too? What? Oh, the word means to count or to calculate. To count or to calculate. In other words, to, to assume this is true. Assume this is true. Calculate this is true. Count this as something that is true. You want to say that sentence over again? Say that again. You want to say that sentence over again? This sentence, consider yourself dead that we died and rose again with Christ and the power of sin is broken. Now, we've got to a great point. This is all thinking. (laughs) Right? I'm pretty good at thinking. I'm just not that good at doing, right? Okay, because we're going to go doing over here in just a minute. This is thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. I know that I died and rose again to a new life. And this flesh is stopped. I don't have to listen. And I know that, so I need to start considering, this is my thinking, that I'm dead to sin. Why? Because flesh is stopped. And I'm alive in Christ. Why? Because I died and rose again to a new life. i got to start thinking that way. Now, I gave you the example last week, and, or last time, and it's, it's just, you know, I, I, I worked for Mississippi State, Coach Tyler. He'd say, go into the field, I'd go into the field. I stopped working for Mississippi State. I worked for a state farm. What if Coach Tyler called me and I pick up the phone? I say, State Farm. And he goes, JB, it's Coach Tyler. I need you to come on the field. Do I have to go on the field? Why? Because, see, I don't work for him anymore. 
you could say it this way. The Coach Tyler is stopped. I'm dead to Coach Tyler in that sense. Okay? But I, could I go onto the field? I could say, well, I'll be there. I could say, hey, Mr. Forbes, Coach Tyler, call me. I'm going onto the field. He'd say, you don't work for Coach Tyler. I, I know, but he said to do it, so I'm doing it. Right? What does our flesh say? Do it. And what do you say? Okay. <laughs> because we're so used to what? Working for the flesh. That's why he says, don't you know? You died and rose again to a new life. The flesh is stopped. You've got to consider the fact that you're dead to this and alive to this. That's who you are. So the next time flesh says, look over there, think this way, do this, do this, do this. What do you say? You say, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know that I died and rose again. I'm a new person. I know that you don't have control over me. And so I'm considering the fact that I am dead to you and I'm alive to Christ. Wow. So what does he say? He gets real practical. He tells us what to do. Look at the next verse. Therefore, since we died and rose again with Christ to do life, and since the flesh has been put to death, since we consider ourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ, therefore, do not let sin do what? Reign in your mortal body that you should obey its what? Lust. Lust. He says, don't let sin do what? Rule you. Rule you. Because the sin, sin says, do it. And we go, okay. Okay, because sin is sitting on the throne. It's ruling us. This is the one that rules our lives. And he says, now since all this is true, therefore since all this is true, don't let sin rule. Don't let sin rule. And so we're right there where it says 12. It says, do not let sin what? Do not let sin reign. And, and, and that's, that's the thing. And literally in the Greek, it actually says, stop letting sin reign. Because it's already happening, isn't it? Sin reigning in your life? Yep. How many of us in this room, sin reigns in our life? Right? Why don't we stop it? He says, uh, stop it. <laughs> he says, don't let stop letting sin rule. And notice what he, how he puts it, rule in your what? Your mortal body. This body. You don't stop letting sin rule in this body. There's that battle, isn't there? Remember the battle? What's the battle? The flesh and the spirit. The Holy Spirit and the flesh. And there's a battle going back and forth. And he's saying, why are you letting this one win? Why are you letting this one rule? Who's supposed to be ruling in your life? Christ. The Holy, the God, the, God's supposed to be the one ruling. But we're letting this rule us. And so he says, stop letting sin, what? Rule in your life. And in fact, he says, in your mortal body that you'd obey its lust. Listen, we have mortal bodies, but one day we'll have what? Glorified bodies. The Philippians passage. Let me read this to you. You don't have to turn there. This is Philippians 3, 20 and 21. He says, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await for our Savior Jesus Christ. Is that true? And then he says, who will transform this body which is a humble body, in conformity with His glorious body. One of these days, you're going to have a glorified body. And so he says, now while you got this regular body called a mortal body, quit letting sin rule your life. Quit letting it. Stop letting it. People always say, I can't help it. Can you help it? Can we help sin? Yes. 
Yes, we can. We can. I mean, I don't, I don't like to say it because I do it all the time. I sin. But the truth is this. I don't have to sin, right? Because I died and rose with Christ and flesh has been stopped and I'm dead to sin and I'm alive in Christ. So therefore, stop letting this do what it's supposed to do, do what it's doing. Stop letting this tell us what to do. And so we're going back to the old boss all the time and obeying the old boss. And the old boss is the old man. This is before we trusted Christ. This is what we were before we trusted Christ. Now we're a new creation in Christ. We died and rose again with Christ. Flesh is stopped, dead to sin, alive in Christ. And what are we doing? We're saying, okay, whatever you say. And Paul says, stop letting that one. Stop listening to that one. Why would we listen to it? Wow. And so what do we know? We must not let what? Sin reign in our lives, our bodies. We must not let that happen. And so, what do we know? We know we died and rose again with Christ. Right? We died and rose again with Christ. And sin has been stopped. That's what, that's what we know. We know sin's been stopped. Have you ever had a job you hated? I, I, I never really had a job I hated because I've loved everything I've ever done. But I've talked to people who've had, and when they got, when they, when they said, I quit, or I stopped, they felt great. And if that person said, I want you to do this, they go, I know, thank you. Okay, the problem is, we don't hate the flesh. We do, but we don't. Paul says, the things I'm doing, I don't want to do. Oh, what a wretched man I am. But the truth is, we hate the flesh, but at the same time, we want to obey the flesh, because we like it. And so what we're doing is, we're going back and working for the old boss. All the time when we don't have to. So, now, and, and we consider ourselves dead to sin, alive in Christ. If you want to, I think you probably wrote that already, or did you? We consider ourselves what? Dead to sin and alive in Christ. Now, we got this so far, you think? We've said it a lot of times. What do we know? We died and rose again with what? Christ to a new life. What else do we know? Flesh has been put to what? Death. So what do we consider? We're dead to sin and alive in Christ. Now we got it. We got it. And we know because of that, what do we have to do? We got to stop what? Stop letting sin rule. Because he rules us all the time. Okay? Now, we're going to get to the third word. And this third word is the word that is the doing. <laughs> See, this is the thinking. I know something. I'm considering something, and now I've got to do something. And what is that word? Present. Present. Present what? Our bodies. Our bodies. Think about it. He's already said, don't, don't let sin reign in your what? <coughs> Mortal bodies. We got bodies, right? Some are better than others. But anyway, the bottom line, we got bodies, right? So what are we going to do with these bodies? And he says, quit letting sin rule in this body. So now he gets to the part that actually gets down to where it is, and that's the word present. Notice verse 13. Do not, and he goes to the negative first, but we'll see it first. He says, and do not go on presenting the members of, unright, the members of your body to sin as members of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who are alive from the dead, and you are, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Now listen what he says. He says, don't present your members of your body. That's your body, your body parts. 
You as a person, don't present the members of your body as what? What does it say? Don't present the members of your body to what? What does it say? To sin as members of what? Unrighteousness. But present yourself to who? To God and your what? Members as righteousness. See, what he's actually saying is you can take your body and if you present it to this... You get sin and unrighteousness. And if you present it to this, you get righteousness and holiness. So he says, negative first, don't present to the what? To the flesh. To the flesh. Don't, he, says, he says, so don't present the members of your body to sin, to the sin nature, to the, to the capacity to sin, to the flesh. Don't do it. Don't put it there. Okay? And, and that's, uh, that's hard. Sin, sin of the flesh as instruments of what? As instruments of unrighteousness. Listen, let me ask you a question. If you do what the flesh wants, is that good or bad? Is it sin? Is sin unrighteousness? So whenever you present yourself to the flesh, you're sinning and doing unrighteousness. And he says, but, in the positive thing, if you go to the top of the next page, present it to who? The, I put the Holy Spirit. You can put Holy Spirit. You can put God, whatever you want, however you want to put it there. But present yourself to God and your members as instruments of righteousness. Is this right? got a choice, don't you? What do you know? You died and rose again with Christ to a new life and sin has been what? Put to death. So you consider what? You're dead to sin and you're alive to Christ. So quit, quit, quit yielding to it. So then he says, so don't present your body, the members of your body, to sin, which results in unrighteousness. But present your members of your body to God and results in what? What? Righteousness. There it is. Do we want to live righteously? What do we got to do? Present our, present our bodies to the God inside of us. Do we want to live unrighteously? No, but what do we do if we want to live unrighteously? Present it to the flesh. That's exactly right. So think about what he's saying here. So don't present. So if we present to the flesh, we get what? You get unrighteousness or sin. Okay, write that in there. If we present to the flesh, we get unrighteousness or sin. If we present to God, we get what? Righteousness. That's what it is. We know we died and rose again. We know we're free. We consider ourselves dead to sin but alive to Christ. So don't present ourselves to the flesh but present ourselves to God. There's that old saying, everybody got to serve somebody. And we all say, oh, I, I don't serve anybody. Yes, you do. First of all, just in your normal life, you, most everybody works for somebody. I mean, most of us aren't the top boss of everything, right? And so somebody tells us what to do. And, and even that, we come under the laws of the government and so they tell us what to do. But in reality, whoever you present yourself to, that's who you serve. So as believers, we're alive in Christ, we're children of God. And notice, either we serve God or what? The flesh. That's, that's what it boils down to. It's really this simple. You, you, and, 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 the, and the problem is for all of us is we go back and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do I know? I know I'm a new person. I died and rose again. I know that I don't have to listen to this. I actually need to start considering, counting this as true, that I'm dead to this and alive to this, 
And so from now on, I don't need, I can't keep presenting myself to sin, which results in unrighteousness, but I got to present myself to God, which results in righteousness. And so anytime we're going through life and we're doing sin, we know we're doing this right here. And anytime we're living righteously and godly, we're doing this right here. And it all goes back to what we know and consider and then what we do with what we know and consider. So either we serve ourselves or, or we serve God or we serve sin. Now, look at this. If we yield to the flesh, okay, if we yield to the flesh, we serve the hut. What? The flesh. And the results is what? Right at the little slide. What is it? What is it? Sin. sin. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Now, but if we yield to God, we serve what? God, and the result is what? Righteousness. Exactly. That's who we are. Now, he's going to tell us the truth. As if he hadn't been telling us the truth, but now he's going to tell us the truth. He's going to get really practical, and he says this. He says, now think about this. This is verse 16. Look down at verse 16. He says, do you not know, this is something we all know, that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience... Your slaves are the one to whom you obey. Either sin resulting in death or obedience resulting in righteousness. Now he says this, whoever you present yourself to, who do you have to present yourself to? Either God or flesh. He says whoever you present yourself to, you become a slave of whoever you present yourself to. So if I present myself to the flesh, I'm a slave of the flesh, and what does it say it comes out of there? Uh, sin resulting in death. Or if I present myself to the Holy Spirit, to God within me, I become a slave of Christ or God within me, and I produce what? Righteousness. So I've got sin results in what? What? Death. And right obedience results in righteousness. That's what you got. Now think about that. Well, we're going to talk about that in just a second. If you notice right there, there are four kinds of death. You didn't notice. You're fixing to get it. Okay, now let's think about what we just said. Whoever you present to, you become the slave. That You're going to serve that. Notice what he says again. Don't you know that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one to you obey. Whoever you present yourself to, you become the what? Slave. The slave. And that's why sometimes he says you're a slave to Sin, or you're a slave to righteousness, to God. To God. I mean, that's what it boils down to. So th this is now, he's saying, listen, this is the doing. And whoever you give yourself to, that's what you're going to get. You give yourself to flesh, you got unrighteousness and sin. You, and you're a slave. You come under there and you're saying, I'm obeying you. But if you come to God and say, I'm obeying you, and you present yourself to God, then you produce righteousness. Okay, and so we said sin results in death. And, and so you really have two, uh, two results. Either, either you, you, you sin results in death or obedience results in righteousness. So we, let's talk about death for a second because Susie brought up a good point. What kind of death are we talking about? There are f at least four deaths, in, four kinds of death in the Scripture. Let's talk about them. The first one is physical death. Physical death is when, and death always means what? What does it mean? Separation. Physical death is when the, the soul or soul and spirit of a person is separated from their what? Their body. 
I mean, let's face it, y'all. We've all been to funerals. I've done funerals. We've, we've all been there. We've all looked at the body in the casket, right? Who, who has not looked at a body in a casket? Their body. What do they look like? Yeah. They look like themselves. Yeah, they look dead, Susie. Yeah. Do they look like themselves? They never do. Everybody goes, oh, they look just like themselves. They don't look like themselves. You know why they don't? Because the part that makes them a human being, the part that makes them alive is, if it's a believer, it's the soul and, it's the, the soul and spirit, that part and all this. That's gone. It's left. To be absent from the body is to be. And so there's a body without the spirit, the soul. It doesn't look the same. You go... Oh, they, oh they, they look so good. And deep down you're going, they look dead. They don't look like the, they don't even look like themselves. Right? And so there is a physical death that people come into this world and, and there's only two people that's ever gone through life and didn't die physically. Who are they? Enoch walked with God and was not. God took him and Elijah was taken in the flaming chariot. That's it. Everybody else is appointed to men to die. So physical death is going to come on to us unless there's going to be one generation that when Jesus comes in the clouds and the dead and Christ rises first, we are alive and remain to be changed. There's going to be a whole generation of us who won't ever die physically. I think it's us. I think it's us. Right? I think it's got to happen soon. Things are getting too bad and worse than it's ever been and it seems to get worse and worse and worse. And so the first death here is physical death. We all know what that is. There's a second death. It's called spiritual death. Okay, spiritual death is people coming to this world, and let me, let me, I don't want to move, this is so well done. But no, the <laughs> bottom line is we come into this world, and we're spiritually dead. We come into this world, and we have a body, and a soul, and a conscience, and a flesh, and we're dead spiritually, because there's no spiritual part, and we don't have the Holy Spirit, but we're dead spiritually. We're spiritually dead. We cannot understand the things of God. We're separated from God. So people are born in this world, and even though they're physically alive, they're eventually going to physically die. And they already spiritually dead. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. So we come into this world, and we're spiritually dead. And let me just tell you, if something doesn't happen, and a person and goes through life and they never put their faith in Christ, they're going to die. They're going to die physically and they're spiritually dead, already separated. They're going to have the third kind of death, which is eternal death, which means they're going to be eternally separated from God. You realize that a person living on this earth who is not a believer is going to face physical death one day and they're already spiritually dead and they don't know they're dead. They don't know they're dead. There's a whole, a whole mass of human beings walking around. They don't know they're spiritually dead. And if something isn't done, if they do not put their faith in Christ and become spiritually alive, they're going to have what's called the eternal death, or the Bible calls it the second death. That's what that is. Eternal, eternal death or second death is which they're separated from God forever. They're separated from God while they're on this earth alive. They're spiritually separated from Him. They can't know Him in the sense that unless they trust in Him as Savior. But if they don't ever trust Him as Savior, not only were they separated Him as alive, but they're going to be separated from, for all eternity. That's eternal death. Then there is one more death, and it's called temporal death. Temporal death or temporary death. And that's death by a believer who has sin in their lives, and they're separated from God, and it's called temporal death. It's found in Romans chapter 8. He says that when we sin, we die. Now, so if you sin right now, you die. 
Now, it's not physical death. It's not spiritual death. It's not eternal death. It's temporary death. You're out of what? Fellowship with God. So there are four kinds of death, and we'll, we'll talk more about it. But I just want you to think about it, and I think you go to the top of the next page, and you realize that if we yield to the flesh, we are out of what? Fellowship with God. Now, so when, so, so here, here's a, a person who's born in the world, and he's going to physically die. He's spiritually dead. If he doesn't trust in Christ, he's going to be eternally dead. Okay, but if he trusts Christ now, he's spiritually alive. And he's got the Holy Spirit. But when we yield to the flesh, we what? We die. What kind of death? What kind of death? Temporal. Temporal and it's, 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 it's uh, fellowship. All right, now let me ask you this. You trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. You have an eternal relationship with him? Yes or no? Can that relationship ever, ever end? So you can never... Uh, be separated in your relationship with God. Can you be separated in your fellowship with God? Yes, and that's that what we're talking about here. So here's what Paul is saying. He says, if you present yourself to the flesh, it's unrighteousness and death, and you die temporally. If you live in the power of the Holy Spirit, present yourself to God, there's righteousness and you're not spirit. You're not dead. You're not temporally dead. So questions help me. They think through this. Hey, y'all got this? We can never be separated in our relationship. Well, we can be separated in our fellowship. And either we present ourselves to God, and there's righteousness, or we present ourselves to the flesh, and there's death. And let me raise this question. And we've talked about it a lot of times. Who decides? Each one of us. I wake up every morning, and I'm going to decide as I go through life. What am I going to yield to? I mean, I may wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I want my life to count for you. And I read the Bible and I pray and I'm, in, I'm rolling and I'm doing great. And then there's, there's a temptation. A temptation's not sin. We've talked about that a lot of times. But suddenly, I may decide that I want to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so I then yield my members of my body to flesh, which results in unrighteousness and death. Yes. We die in all time, yeah. Okay. Anytime you're out of fellowship, you're dead. Because death is separation. So he's not talking about a particular kind of sin in which a believer goes into in an extended time. For example, cheating for extended time, let's say, or... Oh, I see. Yeah, I think the moment you sin, you die. Now, you can stay in a state of out of fellowship for a long time. You can, you can be in a reoccurring sin that you're saying, I'm not giving that up. And, you know, you can say, okay, well, congratulations. Because you're going to be out of fellowship. You're going to have sin in your life. There are going to be consequences. And you could, God could even bring physical death. Now, that wouldn't cause anything to do with your salvation. Because your salvation, your eternal life salvation is based on an eternal relationship with Him. But your fellowship... You know, and if you stay in a state of out of fellowship, a state of sin on purpose, continually rebellion, he could bring you home. First John says there is a sin unto death, but don't pray for that. Don't don't pray that somebody will die physically. Okay? Does that help a little bit? So, I mean, the truth is this. Anytime we sin, we do what? We die. We die in our fellowship. How do we get back into fellowship? Confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. So we don't have to stay in that. So bottom line... As we see, mm, I know this. 
I'm considering this. Now, what I got to do is I can't present myself to this because it results in unrighteousness and death. I've got to present myself to God, which results righteousness and life. And so I've got choice. I've got choice to make, right? And as we go through life, we need to yield to the flesh, which is sin, and we can yield to the Spirit or, the, or God within us, and there's victory. And so notice summary. Are you at the page where it says summary? So summary, we know we what? Died and rose again to a new life. We know that. Consider that we're dead. It's supposed to be dead. Dead to what? Sin. Sin and alive in Christ. So present not to what? Flesh, but to God. That's what it boils down to. Now, didn't you think it's strange that we've studied so far this whole passage? We've got one more, one more little verse to look at. And he's never said once, I want you to really think about confessing your sins. What has he actually told us to do? Don't sin. Don't sin. See, if you don't sin, you don't have to confess it, right? So Paul's saying, I, I, he's saying, I don't want us to look at life like sinning, confessing, sinning, confessing, sinning, confessing, sinning, confess, which is what we do. He says, what I want you to do is stop sinning. I want you to stop letting sin reign. I want you to stop presenting your body to the flesh. I want you to present your body to the Spirit. I want you to live righteously and godly. I want you to understand you don't have to sin. Now, I'm going to say this in a funny way because it sounds bad, but we don't ever have to sin. If we obeyed all the time, we wouldn't sin. Now, you know, we, we, there's, there are actually Christian groups that teach, so you'll get to a point you'll never sin. And that the Bible, in fact, Paul, uh, John writes and says, if we say we have no sin, we're a liar. Because we all sin. But the point is this, is God says, you don't have to sin. We don't have to sin. Wow. I just wish I would obey this. Now, he gets to the last part in his verse 19, and look what he says. He says, now, <clears throat> I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. And when he says weakness of your flesh, he's not talking about the sin nature. He's saying, I want to make this as simple as possible because you're stupid. <laughs> what he's saying. He said, you got to get this. He says, I I'm, I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of it. How it is. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, just as you used to do that. He's saying, just as you offered yourself to what? You offered the members as slaves to what? What does it say? Impurity, that's sin. And to lawlessness, resulting in what? More lawlessness. He says, so like you used to do that, so now do what? What does he say? Present your members as slaves to what? Righteousness, which results in what? sanctification so he says in the past we presented to what to 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 impurity or to the flesh which resulted in what lawlessness what is lawlessness lawlessness is the definition of a of a word in the bible you know what that word is sin first john says sin is lawlessness. That's what it is. And so he says, just like you used to present uh, your, yourself to impurity, which resulted in lawlessness, now present yourself to what? Righteousness, which results in what? What does it say? Sanctification. That means being set apart. That means being holy. So how does he end this? What does he say for us to do? Just like we in the past present ourselves to the what? To the flesh, and it results in what? Sin and death and lawlessness. He says, now, present yourself to what? 
to righteousness, and it results in sanctification. It results in growth. It results in becoming a holy person. He's basically saying, just like you used to live in the flesh. Before you were saved, how did you live? In the flesh. And you, res- and, you, and you presented yourself to the flesh, and what did it result in? Lawlessness and sin. Now that you're a Christian, you don't have to do this. So he says, just like you used to do this, now do this, which results in righteousness and sanctification. Wow. So, who decides? We do. This is not easy. Now, 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 you, now you know and you consider and present. Now you wake up in the morning, you can't say, I couldn't help it. You can't say, I didn't know. You do know. Paul says, don't you know? You died and rose again. Flesh has been stopped. You're dead to sin. You're alive in Christ. So quit doing this. So stop presenting it to this and start presenting to this. He doesn't say, just sin and confess it and you know what to do. He didn't say that. He says, don't do that. Stop letting sin reign in your life. Consider yourself dead to sin, alive to Christ. Stop letting sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey his lust and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as members of unrighteousness. Present yourself to God as those who are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. That's what he says right there. To do it. So tell me. Tell me. Do it, JB. Tell me. I need it. Don't you need it? Don't you wish one of, we could like go together and say, I think I'm doing a bad thought. Okay, don't, I won't think a bad thought anymore. Right? And we, we were with each other and we just say, now quit it. Don't do it. That's why he says you have to put this where? In your mind. You know this is true. Consider this is true. And because all this is true, then do this. The Bible always says anytime it gives you a command, it gives you the ability to obey the command and the purpose. I mean, he, if you remember in Ephesians, the first three chapters, who you are in Christ, the last part of Ephesians is how you live out because of who you are in Christ. That's what it always is. Same thing in Romans. The whole first, basically, eight chapters are who you are. 9, 10, 11 deal with Israel, and then starting in chapter 12, I beseech you, brethren, now here's how you live it out. This is what he does, all the letters. So let me give you some applications, and then we'll, we'll kind of think through it. The first one is, first application is, uh, know and consider who we are. Know and consider who we are. What do we know? We died and rose again with Christ, and what? What else do we know? We're dead to sin. We're dead to sin. Uh, what do we consider? What do we consider? We're dead to sin and what? Alive in Christ. That's what we know. That's what we consider. So let's know. Know what we know and know what we consider. They know it. We're dead to sin and alive in Christ. We don't have to serve. If your flesh and my, if my flesh says to me, do this, what can I say? I don't have to, no, leave me alone. Leave me alone. You know, I don't have to listen anymore. I don't work for you. I don't work for you. Number two, number two, percent, excuse me, present ourselves to God. It's number two, present ourselves to God. Okay, here's A. You ready? Whoever you yield to, that's who you serve. Whoever you yield to, that's who you serve. Who could you yield to? Flesh. Who could you yield to? Spirit or God. All right. And so whoever you yield to, that's who you're going to serve. That's A. Oswald Chambers. Anybody ever heard of Oswald Chambers? He writes, you know, listen to what he says. 
I'm responsible for being dominated by the flesh because I have yielded to the flesh. That's what he said. That's really well put. B, if we yield to the flesh, the results will be sin. If we yield to the flesh, the results will be sin. I had a a professor named Dr. Whitmer at Dallas Seminary. He said this, The Christian who yields himself to sin will commit sin and reap sorrow. Always. Whenever you sin, what's the result? And death. How many people like death? Okay, so every time we sin, what are we getting? Death. And so if we say, well, I don't want that, well, then quit what? Stop letting sin reign in your mortal body. C, if we yield to God, we will live righteously. Righteously. 